So your MAs for um, King Lear's Act 3 podcast is Jaden Anderson. Jasmine Nason. Brianna Norris. And Hayden Weber. You know we can just do So now we're going to get into Act 3, Scene 2. Um, in Act 3, Scene 2, what I noticed is that uh, Lear goes through a huge emotional breakdown in a way and um he does this by telling nature to destroy the earth and everything in it like during the storm and he tells them this like tell them to destroy everything in nature and like including himself and especially his children and um i think the Well, I also noticed that, like, he definitely, like, wanted not only just the earth to be destroyed, but, like, his, like, children, too, because they're disrespecting him so much. And, like, this kind of, like, kind of, like, has changed, like, mentality and, like, going crazy because, one, he's talking to nature, and, two, he also is, like, um, like, his, like, change in, like, lifestyle is so quick that he, like, isn't ready for it. I also feel like it's kind of important that, like, like this, uh, he's kind of realizing a lot of, like, the faults he's created. Like, um, when he remarks, I'm a man more sinned against than sinning, he, I think he kind of realizes that, like, um, everyone else that um, around him is not perfect and he himself isn't perfect. And he himself isn't perfect. So, um, and, like, his false accusations actually hurt him in the long run. And he should have, like, realized what was going on. Okay. And then, for when the fool evaluates the state of Brittany in the closing prophecy. I'm sorry. So... The way the fool evaluates the state of Britain in his closing prophecy is basically saying, um, basically saying with the fall of King Lear and then the, the like, kind of like the conflicts between the sis, all three sisters and their husbands and even, I forgot his name, but the bastard. It's kind of so, he kind of says that, um, tell me if I'm wrong because I'm pulling this off of my head, but, um, that the fool is kind of saying that, like, um, Britain will eventually fall if someone does not rise to the top and then kind of defeats everyone else below them. Yeah, I think, like, he also believes that Britain is, like, so absorbed with corruption and evil that it would be difficult or impossible for, like, things to change. I also, um, during this scene, obviously, the storm is really important. And so, like, in my opinion, I feel like the purpose of the storm during this whole scene is to illustrate, like, Lear's own storm within his head like his mind is kind of like cloudy and there's just like a bunch of like wild thoughts going around just like the storm so i feel like the storm kind of is parallel to what's going on inside himself um another thing i noticed in act three scene two is the theme of sight and insight oh uh you're not supposed to talk about that Oh. Oh, okay. Um, um, uh, Lear recognizes um, by saying, I'm a man who's been against and sitting, and he recognizes that he's made like, all mistakes, 
that a king shouldn't usually make. And uh, but he believes that his daughter, like the sins that his daughters committed, were way worse than. Is that all that you guys have for Act 3, Scene 2? Okay, now since we're done with Act 3, Scene 2, we're going to move on to Act 3, Scene 4. And then the first thing that I think I want to talk about is Lyric explaining his, like, um, his, his approach to, like, insanity. And then what I, sorry, what I think it is that he compares it, it is to the story. Um, and his conflicting thoughts that stop him from thinking clearly. Um, yes, I think he, like, he blames the storm for, like, his mindset now. Um, and, like, his daughters, too. So, like, you could tell, again, like I said before, that, like, him, like, comparing himself and not taking full responsibility for, like, him going insane kind of like makes it even more toxic to himself because he like will never become better which i guess could possibly foreshadow like the like falling of like this kingdom i just thought of something um i think it was act two where uh i don't know why but they were blaming the stars for everything bad that was going on and now now they're blaming and now king is blaming the storm like for his inner problems instead of just like taking it upon himself and realizing that he's making mistakes and it's not the storm. And like I also feel like during this he's kind of like he's going through his own journey of like having nothing pretty much. Like he's he's lost everything and so like this is kind of like shown when he tears off his clothes. Um he like everything has been taken away from him, his title, his crown and like, him tearing off his clothes, I feel like it's representative of everything in his life that's been taken away from him by his daughters. Like, I think, going off on that, I think that really adds into, like, his humiliation, because I don't really remember what, but, like, he has a lot of regret for the way he's treated his daughters, especially Cordelia, if that's how you pronounce her name. So I really think that tearing off his clothes also shows off his humiliation, because being nude in public isn't the most prideful thing. <laughs> uh, like Hayden's saying, um, King Lear's probably just trying to get, like, by him tearing off his clothes, it's like him, like, ridding himself of all the things that he's going for. Um, I also saw this as more of, like, um, he, like, that, like, a man, like, represents, like, the basic essence of humans. Um, he, like, is a man without possessions, is without, like, homes, friends, or, like, any obligations or things, is, like, um, is like this without any of that is like the same as an animal so he notices that he's also like less than an, he's like like faithful to an animal and not like the high status he used to have in um, I also like moving on in this like in this scene Alcester oh, cool, cool, um, cool, 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 cool. and I feel like or how do you say that um, and this is kind of like between Lear and himself, and I think this is where he, like, begins to understand the parallels in his life, and, um, I think he ultimately appears to the Hobo 
in order to help Lear escape the fate of death that he feels like he might endure as well. And since their like storylines and plots are very similar, and I think he recognizes that and wants to help him, even though he's not supposed to. Um, I think also, like, is it Gloucester recognizes that the king is, like, undergoing the same experience he's undergoing with his sons? He believes his son set out to kill him, and he fears that, like, Reagan and Goneril will do the same. Um, I, at this point in the, sh like, play, I, especially with, like, his discussion with Gloucester in the Hovel, I feel like, um, he's kind of learning compassion and like understanding of others which he's never displayed before in his life like um because he's kind of undergone what a lot of other people have gone through for the first time in his life and kind of in some way is take is taken down from his high horse and having to like be equal to everyone else in order to become a more sympathetic person yeah and then like for the fallen hero or like the tragic hero i think um, I think um, he, like, now that he's finally developing compassion, he, like, is now seen as, like, the tragic hero because, like, of his undoing. So people and the readers can start pitying him. He also feels, like, sympathy for others because uh, he now, like, realizes, like, how bad people can be treated. And, um, yeah. And it's his first time, like, going through something like that. So he just kind of feels, like, sympathy for others. Okay, now we're gonna move on to act three, scene five. And then, uh, so I think the, re I think the way, um, I think Amund, Amund, Emmons, I'm so sorry, represents his family obligations to the Duke. I think Emmons leads the Duke to believe that it's, it's very difficult for him to go against his father because of the family ties that bind them together. He, pre he pre like pretends to value and respect his father according to the natural order of family relations. <laughs> Yet he flatters the Duke by claiming that that loyalty to the Duke is more important than his responsibilities as like a son. Um, I feel like you nailed that pretty well, but I, I have to continue on with like, um, like I feel like this kind of, this idea of him like kind of like showing respect to his father even though he doesn't have respect for his father like to like please the duke shows that his loyalty is within himself like no matter who he's with he'll always be loyal with himself like he's not even loyal to his own father and i feel like the duke could sh should kind of see through this eventually and i think he kind of does eventually because when edmund is willing to go against his own father that should be a red flag to the duke but instead the duke kind of um, at, begins to act as his own father. Yeah, so, like, I think this ultimately represents that, like, Edmund is, like, only loyal to himself, so I, that could show, like, a part of his character as well. And, um, by only being loyal to himself, it, like, can kind of, like, create a sense of, like, selfishness in a way, selfishness in a way, because he just wants to gain for himself and not, like, pay attention to the needs and wants of others. Um, then moving on to, is everyone good with act, I mean, scene five? Yes. So, moving on to act three, scene six, this is, like, where all the mock, the mock trial was going on, and I personally, I don't know if you guys 
all felt the same, but I felt like the mock trial kind of shows exactly how those around Lear feel and that Lear knows he can't take his daughters to court because they kind of have all the power in the situation. So he's kind of able to, um, like, in some ways heal from his own misfortune by creating this mock trial. Uh, I also feel like the mock trial was, like, the importance of it is that they're just letting out their, their emotions and, like, sense of, I don't know, just, like, letting out their emotions, like, with everything going on. Well, I also kind of... Oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, are you guys done with Act 3, Scene 6? Or do you guys want to... I was in the comment listening. I just found it kind of ironic that, like, he, like, the king originally did this, like, trial for his, like, daughters to see, like, which kings they get to, and then he's finally, like, given this trial, even though it's just a mock trial. Now are we done with Act 3, Scene 6? No, 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 no worries. You have no reason to be sorry at all. Thank you so much for commenting. Um, Now for Act... Three, scene seven. Uh, um, for so really, this is towards like the towards the towards the ending of the play, and then or the act, or like the act, yeah, <laughs> of the act, and then um, and then the I'm so sorry, and then the I think going on to Gloucester. I'm so bad at pronouncing these names. I'm so sorry. It's okay, I am too. Um, I think the image that Gloucester um, evokes in the following lines um, begins, I, because I would not to see thy cruel nails pick up with these poor old eyes, nor thy, nor thy fierce sister in his in, anointed flesh stick boar's fangs to Regan, which is one of his three daughters. And then I think these lines evoke like an image of like, cruelty and like hatred because honestly I would too because like um Regan and his other daughter kind of like betrayed him in multiple ways by trying to kill him by trying to get him banished by trying to dethrone him in multiple ways and it and then Gloucester compares the actions of the two sisters to the brutal actions of a vulture or a predatory animal um and going on with that, I also feel like it's kind of important, like this line, I feel like kind of shows sight and insight theme in this play because it says, like, pluck out his poor old eyes. And, like, King Lear was kind of old and foolish. And I feel like by them saying, like, pluck out his old poor old eyes, it kind of shows that, like, in order to, um, like, to become more of a changed person, he kind of had to be taken out of, like, the world that he usually is in order to be like like a like con- not con- like a transformed person that's the word uh adding on to the theme of sight and insight um this image that is being portrayed as like hatred and like cruelty towards her father um it's like it can it contrasts with the way that Goneril and Reagan um acted in the very beginning of the play because um uh, they said they loved their father like more than words could ever say and now like they're finally like realizing like that they have been lying to their father all this time and that they actually like they're actually being cruel and like not nice to their father which is really self selfish and reveals that their father misinterpreted them 
feel like that's a big underlying thing is that he misunderstood them and that was like the side of, like inside his sight and once he was banished he finally kind of gained back his sight that he was insightful to or unable to see um so honestly I was kind of confused um by the servant and his interference in the proceedings I was just wondering if any of you guys kind of understood that more because I was confused by that section in the Gloucester's castle well I was a little confused by this one too but I did notice that like the um Shakespeare's trying to like parallel Gloucester and King Lear together by having like the same like lifestyle and like the same is- incidents happen to them and honestly like I noticed that King Lear's servant, I, uh, I forget his name, but um, he, like, went into dis- a disguise because he was so loyal to him in order to, like, help save him. And I think Gloucester's servant's kind of doing the same thing to him, too. So I just think, like, it's just showing, like, true, like, loyalty, even though, like, they aren't getting that reciprocated to themselves. And this is, like, the big scene where... Um, I don't know how to say his name. I'm so sorry. Um, Glocasker's eyes, like, get gouged out. And I feel like, once again, this, like, shows this, like, theme of sight and insight and, like, blindness versus, like, being able to see metaphorically and physically in Glocaster's case. Um, and I feel like, sorry, um, when Glocaster, like, physically gets his eyes blinded out or like gouged out he's kind of able to um become unblind metaphorically because he's kind of able to finally see which like son is loyal to him and kind of understand where the actual loyalties lie because actions speak louder than words and And then um going um, going on to, once again, I do not I'm just going to call him Glow. I'm just going to call him Glow. <laughs> and then, I think the significance about the servants challenging Cornwall about his treatment of Gloucester. I think that, like, I think the daughters and the sons have turned against their, like, parents, which, once again, me and Jasmine, actually everyone here has... Um, talked about about Goneril and Regan um, going against their parents and also Edmund and is also his father and then and then also the servants and their masters as well even the fool goes against his masters as well and then secondly the royal and noble classes were believed to be materially better than like the lower classes which is like still which is which is mainly shown like through the I don't know the specific time period but I'm guessing it's like medieval times around near renaissance times because you see like a full gesture a king and his daughters and then like the throne so I just think back then um like back like even sometimes to today um the higher classes were kind of prioritized than the lower classes and beyond that like the lower classes I feel like in some ways felt like they were misunderstood or like misrepresented and like didn't get any compassion from the higher class so in some ways they would like kind of trick them in order to open their eyes to like what they themselves have experiencing have been experiencing and kind of punish them for their incapability of being compassionate towards others 
And to kind of close this off, um, a pattern that I've no- I've noticed like throughout the three acts that we've read is that um, that the people that have been betrayed have kind of been able to unite and become closer and like bond over like shared like humiliation, like, humiliation and like like mistreatment and like transformations in like their views in life and um they together kind of are able to once again like the theme of like sight and insight that they're kind of able to open their eyes uh, i also noticed that betrayal was a big theme like this far in in the play and uh it kind of reveals that like at one point at some point in life like people will betray you in some way but sometimes it's for the better and like oh my god like Hayden said like when people betray you sometimes it can bring you closer which seems ironic but it's true another theme I noticed that kind of goes along kind of kind of like relates to betrayal sort of like secrecy and not and it's not just the daughter's relationship towards um, King Lear. Yes, that's one of the biggest betrayals in the whole entire book. But I forgot which daughter. I'm so sorry. But I think it's... Um, I don't even remember. But one of those daughters likes... One of the daughters um, is affectionate towards... Um, um, Amund. Amund. I don't know. Edmund. Edmund. Who, but they're married to Albany, and I think the secrecy and like this whole entire letter thing really just revolves around um, the theme of of secrecy and betrayal because sort of secrets kind of go along with betraying someone. Yeah, well, there's also the parallels like sight and insight as well because, like you know, <laughs> you are like being able to see like the like who is like true to yourself and who isn't, and on top of that, like what the disguise is. Like even if you are loyal to the king. Like, the king can see that and, like, see who's loyal. So that, like, is slowly being uncovered. Okay. You're perfect. Thank you. Thank you. And signing off for Jane Anderson. Jasmine Nason. Brianna Knowles. And Hayden Weber. Thank you so much. Thank you.